Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It on Mom Brain. Welcome back to Blame It on Mom Brain. This is Jodine. And this is Amanda. And today we're going to talk about something that I think everybody can relate to. At some point in life, you've dealt with this. You might be dealing with this today as you listen to the podcast. And Jodine offered her experience to lend to today's recording for the episode. And we're talking stress. We're talking that chaotic, lots is going on, overwhelm, not sure what to do. But we still deal with it, don't we? We still find a way to navigate through stressful times. And I'm telling you now, I don't know what Jodine is going to bring to the table today because she said she wanted to tell me on air. So I am also discovering, besides what I kind of already know, and if you've been listening to our past episodes, you know that Jodine's had a big move, lots of downsizing, selling, curating a brand new space, getting to know a brand new area. Um, and, and all of that can be a lot with a toddler in tow. So Jodine is going to share with us today how exactly she's been navigating some of these stressful moments that have bubbled up and those practices that allow her to generally not really be an anxious person, not really be someone who struggles with overwhelm, overthinking, or anxiety, really. But I know that you've actually been feeling all of those things over the course of the last couple of weeks. So why not share a little bit with us about maybe why you're not really accustomed to being that way and how perhaps this has changed right now with the tumultuous goings on, mm -hmm. like how come you're not typically an overthinker or an anxious person, yet all of a sudden you are? And then we can dive into afterward how you're handling this stress. Yeah. So I am someone that if I am not currently feeling these feelings of negativity or stress, I leave it behind me and I don't carry it with me. And then I forget about it. <laughs> so I often forget how I deal with stress if I'm not dealing with it in the moment. And recently I had to move and it wasn't my choice. The owner of our house wanted to move back in. So we were forced to move out of a place that I really loved, a place that I feel really connected to. Um, and it just felt like such a major shift so suddenly. And on top of that, Creed's been getting sick. She's had colds. Um, I've been sick. I also have a part-time job. We have a big show coming up. We're like down to the grind now. Like we have two weeks left until our big show. And I've just been feeling very overwhelmed and not myself. There's been moments where I'm feeling quite sad, quite down. Um, things have really been compounding and building up on, its, on, on me. And <clears throat> it brought me back to, wait a second, I'm really stressed right now and I'm recognizing it. And how is it that I'm dealing with this? I'd love to be able to share with people how I deal with this because when I'm not stressed, I don't even think about this. <laughs> I know maybe it just sounds crazy, but um, that's kind of how my mind works. So I've written some things down to explain kind of the process that I go through. 
um, when I'm feeling really stressed. Okay, let's let's kind of break apart a couple of things here because you've shared quite a bit. Like you've mm-hmm. said, you've had to, you know, essentially been forced out of your will to go find a new place. Your little one's been sick. You have other like work projects that are coming up to a due date. And you are obviously a full-time stay-at-home mom as well. So you have a lot going on within just navigating normal everyday life and being with mm-hmm. your little one. What would you say is at the top of mind of creating um, – this list like what happened was there some sort of like breaking point where you're like you know what this can't go on and I really need to figure out my the the healthy ways I handle this and and share it because it's really helpful to me like has something kind of accumulated to this place where you're like like I didn't even have to say anything to you you said I have an episode topic for today I have an episode <laughs> topic for today and I was like oh god I wonder what it is you know I think the reason I said that is because now I am I, I I've kind of moved past those feelings I have excellent I'm feeling quite clear um, again. So that's where like I felt this shift um, going from this compounded feeling of stressful things to, okay, I think I've let go of all these things now. And it's essentially when we moved into this house, my mom was here visiting, you know, she left. Um, I'm in this space that just feels so, I feel claustrophobic in this space. We downsized quite significantly. We brought- Oh, would you say you still stuff. feel- No, you, I don't. Oh, okay. But this is like, you asked me what my kind of peak was. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is, I think what kind of my peak was, um, was I, I remember saying to Neil, like, I feel homesick. I feel mm. so out of place. Mm-hmm. I feel displaced, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, um, and then Creed was sick. And then there has been moments where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm really frustrated. And like, I don't get frustrated easily. So when I start getting to these moments, I know that something is wrong. I need to do something different. Um, and these methods that I have learned it's been over years of me doing this. Um, but like I said, I kind of disregard that I even do it because it's become so natural to me. So I thought maybe other people would maybe find some insight in how I do this and like regain this clarity and um, remove the stress because like I don't feel stressed at all anymore. Amazing. Well, look, we're ready when you are because it is true that just how I deal with things, how your neighbor deals with things, how your partner deals with things and how you do, everybody is going to navigate these stressful moments really differently. And what works for you could help and lend ideas to somebody else just as it might not. So remember to take it or leave it, right? Like if you're listening to this and Uh you're saying, I'm really stressed and I, I, I want to implement some of these things, maybe have that curiosity to give it a go, but also be really fluid by what sticks for you and and pay attention to what does. So yeah, let's dive in. What are some ways that you've been navigating stress that have been helpful to help you get out of that? So I want to start out with talking about a book that Neil forced me to read when we first met. Um, and I was so reluctant. I was like, stupid book. I don't want to read this book. Um, and he was like, read this book. It's changed my life. And that book- How, is- how much do you want to bet that I read this book? You haven't. Oh, okay. you, haven't. you haven't read this book. Oh, tell me. So maybe you should read it after. It is, uh, it's A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I haven't and read A New Earth. You haven't read A New Earth. So maybe you nope. will after this. Um, I've read it multiple times. Neil's read it probably upwards of 15 plus times. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> because that man must he, know it back to front. He knows it very well, but it's something that you need to keep reminding yourself of, right? So it's not something that is so natural that it sticks with us because humans like to think and we like to stress and we like to be um, sad and all sorts of things. So anyways, um, it's not a super easy book to read, especially if you are in a headspace that is not somewhat clear already. I will say like you might just restart reading this book and you'll be like, what the hell is this book about? So I wanted to kind of take a few points that specifically help me when I'm feeling stressed. And, uh, you know, since becoming a mother, everything has just been amplified so much. Um, the amount of thoughts that I have, the amount of stress that I feel, I never had this level of stress <laughs> and pressure put on me as I do now to take care of another tiny little human being that is completely illogical. Um, she doesn't know what's going on. You know, she doesn't want this. She throws things. She bites me. She, everything. Nobody was doing that to me before. <laughs> so now I'm really having to implement these things. And we do always say that having children are never the band-aid, they're the, they're the megaphone. That's how I always yeah, think sure. of having had children of course. is that it doesn't matter how solid your relationship was. It doesn't matter how cool of a cucumber you were before. I really believe that it shows you, it shines light on the places that you may have gotten really lucky with getting away with never paying attention to before mm -hmm. because you never, ever had to. And I think that this is true for me as well. Like just hearing you share about, you know, just the logical little being that we have to care for and how it just, it, it's like amplifying everything that was probably already there, but just God, didn't bother. Like, what does it matter? Those thoughts, they're nothing. But when you're doing it on sleep deprivation and someone's biting you mm -hmm. and <laughs> and you have to go out every day to, to like, you know, make sure that you're both getting fresh air, but like maybe you needed to sleep that afternoon instead. Like that is a lot physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, it really is. Um, and like the move, for example, the move wouldn't have been really that big of a deal if it wasn't for the fact that I had a little tiny human in cart. We could live pretty much anywhere. Um, but I've written down some steps that I've, that I take. Um, and the very first step is to recognize that I am stressed. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Like we just think so much about all these different things. And then when it comes down to it, I have to say to myself, I'm stressed out right now. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. I'm, you know, I'm not myself. I'm not happy. I'm, I feel displaced, like all these things. So that's the very first step for me is to recognize it. I do the same thing if I'm feeling sad. Sometimes I'll just say like, I'm sad. <laughs> just, it sounds so simple, but it, it's very, um, it's eye-opening for me. And then once I say the problem, which for me right now would be stress, then um, I recognize what the root of the stress is. And I'm going to quote a whole bunch of Eckhart and myself in here. So some of the things I'm saying is from Eckhart, straight, straight from the book. But um, this is from Eckhart. And he says, the root of stress is usually not external circumstances, but rather our own thoughts and emotions about those circumstances. By becoming more aware of our thoughts and emotions, we can begin to manage stress more effectively. So I will say to myself, I am stressed. <laughs> Why am I stressed? What is the root of the stress? Well, I just moved. 
Um, my house feels very cluttered. My kid isn't sleeping through the night. My kid is sick. Um, I have a lot going on at work right now. Um, I'm starting to catch a cold. You know, I can tell my husband is also stressed. It's been raining a lot. Um, I really would love to work to be some sunshine. You know, that's me recognizing the root of the stress, um, which a lot of times we try not to do because when we think about those things, maybe it makes us feel more stressed out. Um, but for me, I feel it very, very like, like I am taking control again of what it is that I'm thinking about when I verbalize it. And sometimes I'll say it out loud to someone else. So like, I know I've messaged Amanda and said, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. Um, this is me bringing awareness again to what the stress is. What is the root of the stress? So once I've figured out what the root of the stress is, the next part is to stay present and not allow myself to spiral. Um, so Toll emphasizes the importance of staying present in the moment and not getting lost in thoughts about the past or the future. So for me, this is often when I'm taking a shower. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a Pisces, but water is incredibly calming for me. Um, when I get in the shower, I find that I completely reset. Um, this for you, Amanda, could be exercise. Um, it's actually funny because I don't think exercise for me is something that makes me very present. <laughs> Like especially mm. if I'm on like an elliptical machine or something like that. I'm just like, la-da-da-da-da, blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. <laughs> it's actually really hard for me to stay present. Um, so Gosh, for exercise, I'm loving this. I need to be outside. Yeah, I'm loving this because it just shows how individual it can be while doing exactly what you just said in these steps. It's like number mm -hmm. one is you got to acknowledge the thing. It doesn't go away by pretending it's not there. Like mm -hmm. we're not dealing with a dinosaur where if you don't move, you might not see you. Like it sees you <laughs> and it's got a grip. The second is just be present. And I love that you said that you you know yourself so well that you know the place, the space, the feeling of when and how you do come mm -hmm. back to yourself. And it is so true that I you've told me multiple times that getting in water or swimming or whatever, that all those things make you feel really reconnected to self. I know I've told you a thousand times that exercise is what makes me feel exactly that way, but through sweat and the burn, whatever, like, but everybody has their thing. And, and it might be for you that you need to listen to music and sing and dance in your living room. Maybe for you, it's, you need to journal or you need to draw, or you need to go for a walk, or you need to sit your ass in nature and literally hug a tree, like, and connect to mm -hmm. the dirt. Like everybody's going to have some other thing, but this is so in tune already. So acknowledging. So basically we have our two steps so far is acknowledge and second is be present. Mm -hmm. And so while I can go and get a shower and become present for a moment, um, the ultimate goal is to be able to be present, 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 no matter where you are. So, um, for example, <clears throat> between right now and right now, were you thinking? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people that always has an inner dialogue going on. I know mm -hmm. there's some people who have nothing and it's quite quiet, but I'm not like that. Yeah. So that is one of the exercises that Toll is very adamant about is 
to stop thinking so much because people that think a lot are often people that are more high anxiety because you're creating stories in your head um, and it's not easy. Like it's so difficult, but that is one of one simple exercise that I think is really, really neat is like between right now and right now, was there thought or were you actively and only listening? Because you can listen and not think, but you can also listen and think at the same time. And trying to separate those two things is not natural for everybody. Um, I am extremely active, like not in like the exercise way, but like I have a very, I have the need to move constantly. Like I talk with my hands, I sing with my hands. Like I can't, like I can't, I have a hard time really focusing on one thing, um, staying on track with one task. My brain goes somewhere else. So that's something I have to really, really focus on. Like, oh, let me clean this part of the house. Oh, I'm going to go over here and finish cleaning this. And like, that's kind of how my brain works. So I have to dial myself in and focus on the one thing. But learning not to think so much is a topic that like, it's huge. It's a huge topic. But just that small um, window of time, if we can teach ourselves not to think. And that's kind of the concept of uh, yoga, like um, shavasana at the end of yoga, all of these things um, is teaching yourself to remove so much thought because Eckhart actually says thinking is an addiction. It's an addiction mm. that humans have. Um we crave thinking. We love thinking. Mm. And that um, kind of brings me to the next couple points. So this, so, so far we have recognize that I'm stressed, recognize what the root of the stress is, and then learn to stay present. Okay. Then we need to practice acceptance. So acceptance is the key to managing stress. So rather than fighting against what is happening or resisting it, we can learn to accept it as it is, even if we don't like it. So for me, this was pretty big because I didn't choose to move. Um, I'm going to keep coming back to this example because it's the re most relevant large scale example that I have right now. So the thought that I need to have is that I live here now. The other house is not mine anymore. And that's it. <laughs> that's kind of the end of it. Like as simple as that. Um, because I kept thinking, you know, even as I walked through that last house, I said my peace with it. I said goodbye. I walked through each room. I'm like, I told you this, but I walked through each room. I started tearing up because I was like, I feel such like, um, so many memories in this house. I feel such a connection to this house. Like I don't really want to change. This wasn't my choice to change. But now, you know, I closed the door. I haven't gone back there since. I should have went back for a couple things, but I made Neil go and do it because I was like, I don't really want to. I don't really want to revisit that house. So I now at this house, I've had to change my attitude where, you know, I'm feeling homesick. I am trying to create now this feeling of this is where I live even though I didn't want to, this is where I live now. So I have accepted that this is the case. You know, if Creed gets sick, she's really fussy at nighttime. I need to just accept the fact that she is sick. I don't think about, oh, maybe tomorrow she won't be as sick and we can go do this tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. It's just right now she is sick. How do I deal with this sickness? What can I do for her in this present moment? Um, there's a quote that he also says in the book that it's probably the most valuable thing that I took out of this book. I've read it many times as well, but it's 
my only purpose in life is whatever I'm doing right now. And oh my I, God, I've, I've heard that and I love that. I say it all the time. Um, and I remember even saying this to clients actually when I was cutting their hair. I, this is the kind of conversations I used to have with my clients. <laughs> but I'd be like, you know, my only purpose right now is to cutting is to cut your hair. Maybe that's why you always like your haircut because I'm actually here actively trying my best to cut your hair. <laughs> um, and that's really hard, I think, when you become a mother because, you know, my life's purpose right now is to sh- change the shitty diaper. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a terrible purpose to have. You know, it's not an easy thing to tell yourself in no, some and of these I moments. Mean, I think that's what some of these points are lending to as well, is that they're, they're really doable when you are childless. I think that they're mm-hmm. really, really doable, whether you have one kid, 10 kids, 50 kids as well. Like, it doesn't matter your circumstance, they're doable. But there is no denying that there is identity crisis that comes with becoming a mom. And to be able to sit there and say, my life's purpose is to wipe shit off of this butt right now. This is all I'm here to do. Or my life's purpose is to play with these toys. Or my life's purpose is to like, like some of the, think of the thing that maybe isn't your favorite thing. Man, does it ever take Herculean strength mentally <laughs> to get your mind on the same page, getting gear. And maybe like he says, not love it, but you're accepting of what it is that you're doing right now. Cause it's all you've got this present mm-hmm. moment. And you are like, we've got to add cliff notes to preface everything saying here. It, none of this is easy. None of no, like, and you've no, said no. it already. Like, this is so challenging to do because like, I'm hearing you say this and I'm like, you know, I, I, I have had a really hard time, I think, with the the being present and acceptance part of some of the things that have come with being a mother. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, and, and Will and I have talked about this a lot, is that I spent a lot of years like adulting without kids. And I'm older than you too. So it's like I've spent a lot of time being through my 20s and halfway through 30s of just being on my own and being my own boss. And so, to, and, and to be able to say, and I mean boss and autonomy of self, like it doesn't need to mm-hmm. be work, but to have to be able to say like my life's purpose is right now, we're just sliding down the slide 50 times. This is my <laughs> life's purpose right now. But when you say it out loud, it almost makes you be like, oh yeah, it is. I I guess it is. So, so I love the all of this is coming together in such good parts where you're like, I know it's probably hard to hear this and be like, yeah, right. Like I have a kid and I don't, but maybe just challenge yourself, take that mental strength and just adopt it today for one thing that you're not really loving and try to see how you can get your mind on board a little more with where you are. Yeah. I think, you know, when I think about saying my life's purpose is to to do this right now, it just allows me to become present and focus yeah. on whatever it is that I'm doing because there are moments like, for example, when I'm changing Creed's diaper and she's driving me crazy. She's starting to throw stuff. She sticks her hands down there. Instead of just getting really frustrated, you, t- you take a breath and you're like, this is the only thing that I have to do right now is I have to get through changing this diaper. What How is powerful. it? That is, what is it that I'm going to do to to get through this situation right now? And yeah. then, you know, when it's done, it's over. It doesn't, I don't, I don't carry that with me. I don't carry yeah. the shit. <laughs> the literal, <laughs> literal, the literal shit because I go wash it off my hands. Um, <laughs> and the emotional and metaphorical and shit. Emotional shit. And I don't think about the next time that it's going to happen. It's just gone. Mm. It's, it's gone. Oh, can we talk about that a little bit? Because mm-hmm. you're saying like you're in the moment, you're, she's putting her, she's trying to feel the poop, like she's uh-huh. flinging poop. Like, I mean, honestly, Romeo does it. So I, I'm right there with you. I get you. Of course. Yeah. And I oftentimes it. I catch myself being like, 
well, shit, I don't want him to fling it because then I have to go wipe it off that and then I have to scrub that. And what if he puts it in his mouth and then I have to go run to get his mouth clean? It's almost like while I'm in it, I am already 25 mental steps ahead about why I don't want that to happen or what could happen or what could go wrong or whatever. And I am literally removing myself from the present moment by Mm -hmm. overthinking all the things that have not even happened yet (laughs) and might not happen at all. (laughs) and if it did well yeah and imagine if it did what if she did just smear her hands all through the brand new carpet and you did Mm -hmm. have to clean it you would deal with it then and that would be the only thing you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. in this present moment so it it truly can carry you from a catastrophic and anxious mindset to a this is just what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. um creed since we moved houses she's been like exploring my plants more she kind of gave oh, up I on see. my plants at the other house I didn't really have to pick out like or tell her to stop picking up my plants but since we've moved I have this three-tier plant shelf that I put by the window and yesterday she knocked it over <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and I just remember like oh my god some of my most rarest plants are on that shelf oh boy and I was like okay are you okay? Because she fell over with the plants. I go over and I'm like, are you okay? And I just kind of took a breath and I looked at the situation and I was like, all right, let's go get the vacuum. (laughs) And this is literally how I talked to her, even though inside I was like, and then I just had to change my tune and be like, okay, what do we do to clean this up? <laughs> because it was, it was obviously not what I wanted to do. And you know what? I none of my plants. Like, I think I lost one leaf on one of the plants. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but I had to make sure I didn't get into a heightened state of emotion in that in that um, situation. And that it's very similar to the stuff we talked about in Hunter Gather Parent as well. Is very similar to this kind of concept, which is another reason why I absolutely loved that book. And so this idea brings me to the next thought and it is probably the most difficult thing to wrap your head around and it's kind of the be-all end-all of anything Eckhart and that is the idea of observing your own thoughts. So Toll suggests that we can manage stress by observing our thoughts without getting caught up in them. By becoming the observer of our thoughts, we can gain a sense of distance from them and avoid getting sucked into the negative or anxious thinking patterns. So, for example, are you talking to yourself right now? Of course you are, because we're humans. We always talk to ourselves. (laughs) If we say it out loud, we're considered insane. But since we say it inside of our head, we're not considered insane. It's just normal. What is it that we're saying? Look at yourself like you're outside of your body and you're looking into your own head. You're the third person looking into yourself. Are the thoughts negative? Are you aware that you're saying negative things to yourself? Are you repeating things like, of course, this is happening to me. Bad things always happen to me. And if you are saying that, are you aware that you just said that? Um. This, it's easier to see this in other people a lot of the time. So say you have an aunt that is just so annoying to be around, so frustrating to be around because she's so negative all the time. And you're going to go to the family supper 
and she's going to be there and you know you're just going to have to sit there and listen to her talk about how shitty everything is all the time. So you become aware of her thoughts, but are you aware of your own thoughts? Like about what you think of her? About what you think of anything. So this is called awareness and observing your thoughts. This is literally what it's called. And this is the idea of awakening, um, is becoming in control of the thoughts that you're having. So for example, (coughs) if I'm stressed, I'm aware that I'm stressed. But what is it I'm like in that moment of being stressed? What were the things that were running through my head? What was I thinking about? Or do I not even know because I wasn't paying attention? This is such a big concept. So it's really hard to break it down. But essentially, trying to be an outside person looking in. Are you someone that always says things to yourself that are negative? Are you always someone that says things to yourself to cause worry? Is she going to fall off of that? Wait, did I just say, is she going to fall off of that in my head? <laughs> you know, like it, it sounds, if you sound a little bit crazy, that's probably a good thing because it means you're becoming aware of the things you're thinking. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And I had, um, ironically, a lot of thoughts while you were <laughs> saying it because I, I honestly, I know that I'm somebody who thinks a lot And I think that this is so helpful to help you realize that what you're thinking isn't who you are. They're Mm -hmm. just passing through your your awareness, your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally just passing through. Like emotion is literally energy in motion. None of it is stuck to you forever. That's good. And it also makes you appreciate when it is good because you know that it's fluid and there will be other aspects of life that are not so shiny and, and sparkly, right? So- I think the one thing that pops up for me is oftentimes when I'm feeling anxious, and I know a lot of people who struggle with this can can attest that you aren't actually thinking much when you have like an anxious, like panic attacky kind of moment. My brain literally goes completely clear. It's all fogged. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, like my brain isn't chattering in those moments of mega panic. Mm-hmm. It's really, really blank. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being a child and having panic attacks, like writing an exam that I didn't feel I understood the concepts for. And it's funny because I could feel the anxious moment and chatter. Oh my God, I didn't study hard enough. Oh my God, this is so hard. I don't understand this. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. I don't get it. All the way to the blank, quiet moment where it's almost like I mentally pass out or black out for a minute. <laughs> and and then the chatter continues when I like rega- regain consciousness in quotations like mm-hmm. of just oh shit, I'm here again. Oh God, this, this math problem is still really hard. Like, I, I think that's part of why this is so valuable because sometimes it's, it's literally that you're not saying anything. Your body is just tapping out because mm. you're so overwhelmed that you have nothing else to say about it. You're, you're just in full fight or flight situation. Mm-hmm. And this is just bringing, bringing that to my head too, is that even that is feedback. Even the quiet, if you're, if your body is going through a really like a very tumultuous emotion, it is still information. And that is up to you to, you know, assimilate to what's going on in your life and and add it in and say, this isn't, you know, yeah, okay, this is really difficult, but it it doesn't mean that I can't handle it. In fact, if you look at your track record of everything you've ever handled up until this moment, 
it shows pretty 100% success rate because you're still here and mm -hmm. you're doing, you're doing it. You're doing the thing you're showing up every day, whether it's motherhood or your relationship or work or whatever. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really enjoying these steps. I'm glad. And me not being any sort of medical professional giving you advice. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I would assume, or I would say, you know, you need to try and get a grasp on those moments before they reach like that is the ultimate the ultimate goal right would be yeah, to yeah. grasp those thoughts and become aware of them that's all it is just just recognize that you're having them like oh wait a second i'm having this before they get to the blackout stage and then hopefully over time then those will become less and less and less yeah, exactly. Um, it's like literally it's preventative versus reactive. I feel mm -hmm. like that's what this concept of this book allows you to remember is that it's just it's no differently than you probably don't go like lick the poles in a bus because you're like, I don't want to get sick. Right. <laughs> so you bring the hand sanitizer. You don't you know, you try not to be near anyone who's coughing on you like you're just trying to prevent having a cold by taking certain steps with hygiene that help keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. This is what helps keep your head healthy. Yeah, for sure. And then eventually you don't have to bring hand sanitizer with you because you just learn not to touch the poles. Yep. You don't, because if you're always bringing hand sanitizer with you, this is all metaphor, metaphorically speaking, you're actually trying to think about the future. Yeah. You're like preventative. Like, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You're actually just getting in the bus and observing what's in the bus in the moment and being only there on the bus. Maybe you didn't even know you were taking the bus. I could go super mm. deep into this concept. We could get really into this, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to scare people away. Um, <laughs> if anyone has any questions or wants to just talk to me about it, you can talk to me about it. But <clears throat> this is something that I have been using for years and years and years. Um. I didn't know. So I grew up in a super Christian household. Mm -hmm. um, if you know anything about Eckhart, and I know you've read The Power of Now, right? I don't know if in that book he talks about different religions, but in um, A New Earth, he talks about religions and he talks about it in a non-religious way. He talks mm -hmm. about just the correlation of teachings from different religions and how they're all essentially the same concepts. Yeah. Um, and so I was raised – like he – uh, combines like Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, just talks about what they said, how they're all really the same ideas, and it comes back to the same sort of thing. Um, so I grew up really Christian, and a lot of these concepts were kind of taught to me, but in different words with, you know, different um, embellishments. And so when Neil um, had handed me this book, I was like, I already know this stuff. But we call it, like, I was taught it was called this and this and this. And so it was something that came a little easier to me, actually a lot easier to me than it did to him, for example. This was something for, to him. It took him years and multiple times of listening to this book for him to wrap his head around whatsoever. Like, it didn't make any sense to him in the beginning. So if what I'm saying right now, I'm trying to, like, simplify some of the ideas, you know, to be applicable to anybody but like if you you're like oh this sounds great I'm gonna go pick up this book and read it you might be like what the hell am I listening to <laughs> um maybe start with some like small YouTube clips and listen to someone talking or listen to him talk about some of these ideas um I will say that I drift in and out of this all the time 
because I am not in a fully um, encompassed state of awareness constantly. It's it's very, very difficult. I'd pretty much be a monk if I did that. Um, and I'm not. <laughs> so, But I always come back to this because it's where I find clarity. It's where um, I find peace. I find comfort. I find stillness. I find nothingness, which to me is very positive. Um, so some like when I have anxious thoughts, stressful thoughts, um, I usually will start by verbalizing it to somebody else, like someone that you trust. I'll talk to Amanda. I'll just say it. <laughs> um, I'll tell Neil. And, you know, oftentimes Neil's like, yeah, I am feeling this as well. And then, you know, both of us recognizing it, we can both move on from it and then kind of go through these steps. And, you know, this, this concept, I think I mentioned, yeah, I've definitely mentioned that podcast, like in my adult life, I've lost my dad and my sister and these same ideas in a larger scale have also been the reason I've been able to get through these things so quote unquote easily <laughs> it's definitely yeah. the furthest thing from easily but it's the reason I'm able to move on um and not you know forget about people but move on and accept that it is what it is um and versus rumination I think yeah is what trying to say yeah exactly but rather than you know my life cannot go on like of course my life can go on like um it's as selfish as that may sound it's the same thing with having a child, you know, um, all these things are, you know, are very, very, very challenging, but, you know, we can get through it. And then, you know, we're, we are now over, it's over, the shitty diaper is gone. Um, yeah, what do you think? Oh, I, I, I love Eckhart. He's, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I love personal development books as a whole. I, I could, I just, I gobble them up. I love mm -hmm. to read this. In fact, I struggle pretty badly with not wanting to read personal development books because I really don't want to venture into like fantasy or science fiction or whatever because it's almost like I've, I'm a bit too far on the other side where I'm like that's a waste of time mm. but then you go back to these self-help books and like play is one of the most valuable <laughs> forms of of self-care self-awareness um you know just self-prioritization like you've got to be able to have the fun mm -hmm. right and so uh, look, I'm I'm saying this as this is incredibly helpful, being able to acknowledge, be present, and take a step back and really observe. Mm -hmm. Those three steps that he's offering here, which you've shared on the podcast, are things that we can implement every day. I do think that they're things that, like you said, we're going to be pretty crappy at implementing them sometimes. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this and you're like, that shit sounds saint-like, and you <laughs> are like, fat chance that I'm going to be able to put that in motion today. Hey, fair enough. We don't know. You might be hey, operating but at least on no you, sleep. Maybe you just observed the fact that you even thought yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly. step one. <laughs> that was what I was going to say. I was like, fair enough. Maybe you can't dive into all those things, but maybe you even saying that just goes to show that you, you can probably do step one. You can mm -hmm. probably acknowledge what you are feeling today. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where you stop. And that is enough. And I think that parents, mothers struggle a lot with the, the enoughness, the am I doing enough is is this baby getting enough from me? Am I being educational enough and animated enough? Am I, you know, undivided attention enough comparing to that mom compared? Like I even got stuck in a lot of these spirals and I am not going to lie to you. This book would have come in super handy this week. <laughs> as I told Jodine that an, I was awake at night 
from two in the morning until 5.30, almost six in the morning for four hours, I was just up. And it wasn't because Romeo was awake. It was because I was having what felt like an existential crisis. At first, it started off with being really, really good with writing notes and brain dumping really positive thoughts. And then you know what crept in? The internet and social media. And Mm -hmm. that was where I really messed up. All the principles that Eckhart talks about in in what you shared are really, really valuable. I also think that we're worse off than we've ever been because of those two things, the internet Mm -hmm. and social media. And the result of that is I ended up in the span of like, I'm going to tell you what set me off for four hours. In the span of like five minutes, I started thinking to myself that I'm a really crappy mom because my little one goes to daycare, even though I know that's the decision that works the best for my working partnership with my partner who works and with me who works. Uh And he loves it. And and he loves it. Jodine, yesterday we went to go get this child and he would not leave. We were there for an additional 25 minutes because he just did not want to leave the place. We had to pry him away. Oh, my God. And then when we said, okay, bye, it's time to go. We're saying bye to the educators. He waved goodbye to me as if I was the <laughs> one who had to go. Yeah, I was like, no, no, I'm coming to get your ass. Get in the car. <laughs> um so when I was comparing, comparing something that I already know works super, super well for my family to somebody who was saying that it doesn't for them, and all of a sudden it meant that I'm the shitty mom. All of a sudden oh, I'm comparing no. to how she's doing things and how fucking terrible I am as a result. Then it jumped to FOMO. It jumped to FOMO of what people I know and love are doing on the other side of the planet and how I don't get to be part of that because I'm on this side of the planet. And um, it went into like the are my decisions of of our extension of this trip here correct? Like maybe th- that is a sign that it's wrong. Like all that, like, oh, my, I tried to give meaning to fucking every single <laughs> women thought. Then it jumped to, um, oh my gosh, hold on. I, I have to, I have to read where it went to afterwards. Wait, pause, pause, pause. Um, <laughs> hold on. Hold on, wait, wait. I, I, oh yeah. Then it jumped to, I know that I was on someone's page who just had a third child. And of course, Jodine and I, you know, I've been talking about like, when is kid two? Like, are are we interested in kid two? Like this topic has come up a lot. And this person just birthed kid three and did so vaginally standing up Uh and successfully getting, yeah, Yeah. warrior shit. Like I was so (laughs) impressed. And of course, then it had me thinking 20,000 other thoughts. Like, why are we sharing the birth story video on social media? It had me going back to last week's episode about social media and what's oversharing and why are we sharenting? Anyway, all that stuff. Yet I was thinking, right? Like she Mm -hmm. shared that and I was inspired, but that inspiration, I swear, it was like a rug pulled out from under my feet because as fast as I was inspired, I was also comparing and terrified when I realized, am I even going to be able to ever birth vaginally? I mean, let alone standing would the institution that I'm birthing at ever let me? And why an institution? Why did water birthing at home in my living room just never work out for me as, as it did for X, Y, and Z person that I know and love? And, and, what happens if the scar doesn't heal the same way that it did now and I have to rediscover and and it goes terribly or I get another post-op complication as I experienced the first time. Bro, I'm telling you, like I wrote an entire note, like I'm showing to Jodine. <laughs> these were all of my thoughts for those four hours, just writing and writing my brain out. And this is why everybody, we need to be practicing these three steps, <laughs> acknowledging what we're feeling, being present in the moment, and also observing our thoughts, because otherwise you go batshit crazy, especially when you sprinkle social media into that shit. 
Uh, okay, I have a quote for you because I was going to end with this quote and I think it's extremely relevant to what you just blurted. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. The primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation but your thoughts about it. 100%. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and I have one more quote that I really loved that felt very relevant to my moving situation. These are both quotes from um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Okay, it goes, accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. Mm, oh my God. Can we say that again? I'm going to say it out loud okay, just for okay, me. Okay. I'm just going to okay, just re for me. Repeat after me. Accept then act accept then act whatever the present moment contains accept whatever it, the oh, present moment contains accept it as if you had chosen it accept it as if you had chosen it mm -hmm. always work with it not against it always work with it not against it mm -hmm. powerful there's there's power in words everybody what are the thoughts you're saying to yourself? What can you take away from this book that Jodine has shared by Eckhart Tolle and how she handles stress? How can you apply it to your day? Again, accept and then act because that quote is exactly it. Accepting it is excellent, but if you're not acting on the information you've gained by being so self-aware, you can't change what's maybe not working for you. You can't change that stress is still stressful unless you make active participation in changing that. This is incredibly useful, not just for motherhood, but for life. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Jodine, for being willing to share the challenges that you're facing, which I know are so relatable to all of us. Moving is crap no matter how many times you move. Nobody likes it. So that's mm -hmm. already really challenging. But let go Everybody of the crap and don't take it with you. Exactly. It doesn't need to move <laughs> with you. You can leave those boxes um, metaphorically at their last residence as you go into your new one. And mm -hmm. I think that that is true for everything with from motherhood to your partnership, to your career, to your friendships, to the choices you've made. You've made them. That means that you have self-appointed. And so all those little ruminations and little thoughts that I told you my brain had <laughs> as a field day from 2 to 5.30 in the morning, you've probably experienced something similar. Everything mm -hmm. Jodine is sharing about her stressful encounters with things that are out of her control, colds, moving, all these things, like they're going to come up. It's it's not that they won't. They already will. It's not even behaving preventatively about them. It's just being in the present moment with them and knowing that you've got this. Mm -hmm. So to everybody tuning in today, we'd love mm -hmm. to hear from you. Please reach out on our social media or you can email us at blameitonmombrain uh, at gmail.com and take the time. Let us know where, what, which one of these three things do you need a little bit of extra homework in, or maybe it's all of them and how can you implement them into your life? And as always, we are so, so grateful whenever you reach out to us to let you know that this podcast is, is striking a chord with you in any which way. We're so grateful for our listeners and some way that you can really help us and give back to us is by rating the podcast, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, you help us reach more moms as we share the things that all moms are thinking out loud on this podcast um, when you send it to a friend if this resonated with you or you think it could resonate with them or 
you go on these platforms and you let people know why it's worth listening to, to in with us every day. We're so appreciative. And we will catch you next time on our next episode of Blame It All Mom Brain. See ya. Bye-bye. I swear. I know. <laughs> <sighs>